1: It's a foot race, and Crowder is in there. A 69-yard touchdown. Darnold escapes, trying to buy himself some time. Fires end zone. It's caught. Incredible play by Darnold. He'll hit immediately and he got the handoff. And <laughs> the q Oh, my gosh. Listen, thank you.
0: From the TOJ Digital Studio. This is Play Like a Jet. My name is Scott Mason. You can follow me on Twitter at Play Like a Jet 1. And it's time for part two of the mailbag with the owner, the operator, the lead reporter, the whole shebang over at jetsinsider.com. And above all of that, a very big deal, Mr. Chris Nimbley. So let's jump right back into the mailbag. Next question comes in from John Filippelli. He says, What would be one surprise player you think the Jets would keep? And one surprise player they might cut. So I'm going to go out on a limb and say that one surprise player that might get cut is Christopher Herndon. And I'll tell you why. Herndon was a rookie in 2018, so that means that as a mid-round pick, he'd be going into the final year of his contract. If he goes into camp and is bad, because let's be honest, even though he played a little bit better down the stretch, he was terrible last year. You've got a coaching staff that has no allegiance to him. They may go out in free agency or in the draft and get their own tight end. Perhaps they like Ryan Griffin. Perhaps they even like Trevon Wesco as a blocker. I don't know. It's very possible that Christopher Herndon could be gone. So that would be my surprise cut as far as the surprise guy that they might keep. I'm going to go with Greg Van Roten. I know that a lot of people will look at that and say the Jets have to upgrade a guard, and they do. But Van Roten doesn't make that much. So theoretically, they could keep him and even use him as a backup or a swing guard. And while they could go out and pay a Joe Tooney or somebody like that, Van Roten doesn't necessarily have to be shown the door. So my surprise potential cut would be Herndon, and my surprise potential keep would be Greg Van Roten. What do you think, Chris?
1: Well, you definitely, you definitely got me with the surprise on the first one. Uh, I, I understand your, your logic and d- don't disagree with it. Um, I, I wasn't expecting that to be an answer though, and, uh, and uh, also, what one uh, little part that you, you are missing out is, Herndon has uh, been. Incredibly impressive in all the training camps over these last couple of years. So i i i i have a hard time expecting uh, or thinking that he's going to come in and look bad in training camp. I'm not now. Will that mean anything? And will that he produce going forward? Uh, that that's a whole another story, a whole another question that I don't have an answer for. But from everything I've seen from Herndon, I expect him to do enough in in free agency that there are in training camp in the off season that they're going to be rolling <clears throat> and thinking that they can get something out of him going forward. Um, so uh, my surprise cut, I, uh, I, I'm going to go with Jameson Crowder. I, I don't think that they're going to do it, but I won't be surprised at all if they do it. Uh, the, it, it's a tricky situation because in a vacuum, I'm perfectly fine with, uh, moving on from Jameson Crowder and that contract and, you know, drafting a a replacement, signing somebody else. I'm perfectly fine with that in a vacuum. If, uh, if they're going to cut uh, Crowder, I could be fine with it if they go and they make a couple other signings, you know, if they sign a a Godwin or Kenny Galladay or Alan Robinson, then I'd be much more cool with it. And right now I can't say, yeah, go ahead and cut Jameson Crowder. Cause again, I've been talking about this for a year. So you, he is the one receiver that we can veteran receiver. can trust you. We saw some good things out of Mims last year, expect them to draft somebody, but if they don't sign one of those uh, bigger name, free agent veterans, then I'm going to really want to keep him. Uh, but one thing also the, uh, now, how much of this was on the the playmakers that the 49ers had and their roster construction, Who, how their roster was built, but the their offense did not make a lot of use out of the slot receivers. <laughs> I think their numbers were they threw to the slot receivers like the 29th uh, most in the league, so like third uh, fewest in the league. I, I could see that being a cut, uh, and again – I will criticize that if it doesn't come with any other free agency moves, depending on the other free agency moves, I might get on board with it. But I think that would be uh, uh, leaning towards the biggest surprise cut. As for a surprise keeper, I can't see. I don't think Van Roten would be a surprise there just because he's not expensive. It would be a surprise if they don't sign somebody that would be more of an that you could pencil in as an upgrade over him, but I I certainly wouldn't be surprised at all if they signed an upgrade over him and they kept him around for death because he's not that uh, expensive, um, and really just like who else is there? I I was starting to write uh, my you know blueprint for a free agency thing where i'm just going to go position by position on what they need the jets need to look to improve and address and uh, just talk about who to bring back <clears throat> it's marcus may that's the only one that you need and really want to bring back you can make a an argument that brian pool could come back sure but you could just go and sign Kaywan Williams and that'll be fine. The only real argument is Marcus May. So go ahead and let everyone else walk. I'm not, I'm not trying to really bring somebody back. Uh, The Van Roten I'm cool with because it's cheap, but uh, you know, like I don't see a Henry Anderson coming back. Jordan Jenkins ain't coming back. These guys who are up there, They're going to be gone. I don't see anybody that I can really point at as a surprise that they're still on this roster. Play like a jet. Play like a jet.
0: Next question comes in from Harry Skillman. He says, not that I think it would happen, but how sweet would it be on a scale of potato to cherry pie to watch Jamal Adams' tantrum if... A, the Jets trade for Russell Wilson and become immediate playoff contenders, and B, the Seahawks, as a result, become a dumpster fire in the NFC West. Oh, yeah, that would be the sweetest of sweet. We're talking the best cherry pie that you can find.
1: <laughs> yeah, so uh, uh, G- Gus, Gus Toon or Gus Toon should uh, like and respect this because I'm going to pull out the German ro- word of uh, fraud. I know I probably mispronounced that wrong, but that's exactly what it would be, man. Like, are you kidding me? I saw that and I just started like, literally busted out laughing. Uh, 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 when Russell said that, I was just, he's trying to get away from Jamal. He wants to get away from Jamal. Obviously, that's not the case, but that's exactly how it popped up in my head. And I just couldn't stop laughing. Jamal wanted to get out of uh, here so bad. He was so happy to be in Seattle. And now Russell Wilson's talking about, get me help, get me offensive line. Why'd you trade for the safety? Help me with the offensive line. Get me out of here. I, it, it's hilarious. And if, if something like that really uh, transpired, and it's interesting too because we'll see what Seattle does with Jamal. There's there's no guarantee that they're he's going to be on the team next year. They're gonna uh, they they the talk was if they couldn't get a long term deal done that they might go ahead and flip him and trade him, and that would be equally funny too. Imagine that he the seahawks looked around and were like you know what we do need offensive line help we don't have all that much money maybe we can flip jamal for a, uh for a, uh, draft picks and get some offensive line help that would be equally funny um yeah ba- basically there's no scenario uh that doesn't involve with Jets fans pointing and laughing like nelson months right now and that, that's pretty that's pretty funny
0: First of all, it's schadenfreude, and second of all, yeah. why did you mention Gus Toon? He's from the U.K. <laughs> oh, uh,
1: you're right. No, uh, I'm sorry. Uh, you got, uh, the sun, room, sun moon rise. Right, yeah, yes. Sorry.
0: Sun moon yes. rise is yes. from Germany. Yes. Okay. That makes more I, sense. I mean,
1: I guess, I'm sorry. I, I get, <laughs> you know, I get, yeah, uh, just, I got the sun rose. I got the, the foreign guys mixed up a little bit.
0: Next question from Michael Christopher. He says, What do you think of a pick swap and trading Darnold to the Panthers, Niners, or Broncos To move to the top 12 To get a top wide receiver, pass rusher Or corner, or would you rather Have that extra second round pick And later pick, if they do pick swap Which player would you like them To target, everybody knows the answer to this One for me, depending on where it shakes Out, but JC Horn is my guy As far as them moving up Listen, whatever deal is going to give them The best value, if there's a player that they Really like, that they think That they can't get at number 23 And they could do one of those pick swaps I outlined this A move up from 23 to 8 Would be the equivalent of the 29th pick in the draft So that pick swap would be right in line With what you think Darnold's value might be Even if you think it's a little bit lower Like say the 49ers pick at number 12 That would be an early second round pick, so also right in line with what you'd think Darnold's value could be. So I'd be fine with that or getting the extra picks. Either way, it really depends on if there's a player they really, really like up top or if they feel like there's better value later on. Plus also, if you do that pick swap theoretically, you could always trade back anyway. So whatever they think is going to give them the best deal in terms of what they want to do for building the team, I think is fine.
1: This, this is this is listening to you answer that question it goes back to man this is it's just nice to have a front office that you can kind of trust with this type of stuff <laughs> all these answers we keep going back to you know whatever they decide to do it we're probably going to be okay with it at this point and you know maybe our, our trust here is misguided and we're certainly not saying that uh everything they're going to get every pick right here but this goes to uh you know my theory of uh the process over results thing and just knowing that they're going to go about the process the right way and more often than not that's going to lead to good results um just uh aside as a, uh, the idea of uh pick swaps i hate them i hate all this stuff about pick swaps and i hate the idea of you know when you trade like three first-round picks, but then you get a fourth-round pick in return, it just makes it all so confusing to try to figure out. I just want it to be simple. A first-round pick for a player, a a first-round pick for whatever, it's too confusing. But absolutely, I am absolutely with doing a uh, pick swap, if it makes sense uh, in a scenario. And if, you know, you can get to the 10th pick or the 8th pick in the draft, and uh, that's going to – allow you to take somebody, you know, a Jamar Chase or Jalen Waddle or, you know, a JC Horn or, uh, you know, uh, uh, Jeremiah Osu-Kamore. Like, if if that's – they identify a guy. This is – it's very rare that I see a team – identify a guy and move up to attack where I'm not going to be on board with it because they've identified that guy for whatever reason. And especially, you know, if it's on the defensive side, it's going to be something Salah saw that is going to work in their system. If it's going to be an offensive guy, it's going to be somebody that LaFleur is like, this is going to work in our system. It's going to be perfect for us. And I, and I'm all for that. That's you're not just trading up, because you're like, hey, I think this guy is a little bit better. That means you're like, this guy is significantly better. It's worth doing, uh, you putting some type of package together, and I'm, I'm all for it to go get that guy.
0: Next question comes in from Gabe Pellucci. He says, Chris seems extremely high on Trey Lance. Isn't there a concern that he would be ready to play right away coming from that conference and missing an entire year? Hard to use the number two pick on a guy who could be a redshirt and eat away at the cheap rookie contract everyone values so much. So I think you have a valid point there. It's not so much about the conference, but the fact that he was only a starter for one year. And I think, more importantly, that there are a lot of things that he hasn't seen and had to deal with because North Dakota State more or less entirely played against base defenses. So there's a lot that he's going to have to learn, and I'm not sure that he's going to be ready to play day one. So totally get that. I think Trey Lance personally would be a better fit on a team like, say, the Falcons, where they could sit him for a year, let him get up to speed, and then throw him in there. But if you really believe in him and you really think that you can coach him up, it might be worth some of the early pain. Look at what the Buffalo Bills did with Josh Allen. So it's really a matter of what the coaching staff thinks. The tools are there. The question is how quickly can he get to where you need him to get to, and how much do you like him overall as a prospect?
1: Yeah, so I'll start with this, uh, the you know, the idea of you don't want to draft uh, somebody at two that's not going to play right away. I, I disagree with that for a, a few reasons. Number one, You're drafting a guy long-term, especially a quarterback. You're thinking 10 to 15 years here. So I'm not drafting a guy thinking about what he's going to be as a rookie. I don't care what he's going to be as a rookie. I'm looking long-term. So I'm also getting closer and closer to the point of being like almost all rookie quarterbacks should sit at first. Um, I've, I've been firmly entrenched in the camp. If he's the best quarterback, you let him play right away. You let him learn on the job. Um, I just think I, I'm starting to get closer and closer to the point where I think it will just benefit all these guys to be able to just not rush. And especially in another off season, that's going to be restricted with COVID type stuff. They're not going to have the same off season workouts. I'm not in a rush. Uh, any of these quarterbacks, even if I'm drafting Trevor Lawrence, I'm not in a rush to get him out there. Um, and I'm not, uh, I, I'm not convinced that Justin Fields or Zach Wilson doesn't need time. Just like uh, Trey Lance doesn't need time too. The Trey Lance thing is such a tricky situation for me though, because I listen to people talk about how raw he is and. I get it. I do get it a lot. Everything you said, but mentally, his freshman year, the thing that makes me really like him and uh, like fall in love with him is his mental, his football IQ, all the things he did, and I. Yes, it was a lot of against-based defenses. It was simple, but it allowed him to go to more advanced steps, allows him to work through his progressions, to look off the safety, <clears throat> to make those reads, the, the pump fakes, to throw the ball with placement, whether it's, High and outside, or low and inside, he's done all that stuff because everything was so simple. It allowed him to move on to next level stuff that I I haven't seen from Zach Wilson or Justin Fields. Uh, in some ways, he is more advanced than them mentally. Um, in other ways, he's not. So, and obviously, you're gonna. The biggest concern for for, for him is obviously. That he sat out the entire year he got excellent coaching at north dakota state and i think this is something just in general we need to focus a little bit more on on with college quarterbacks is their college coaching i've been thinking about it with josh allen like what if josh allen got better college coaching what what if like a big part of the reason why he looked so bad at Wyoming was because he wasn't getting good coaching? Now I don't know the answer to that. At might he might have been getting great coaching there, but I I do know quarterback coaching in North Dakota State is great. And Dre, you when you watch him on film, his freshman year, what forty two touchdowns, zero interceptions, um, you see him do stuff mentally <clears throat> that I do not see college quarterbacks do. So he is raw in some ways, but I think he's more advanced in some ways as well. And I, uh, Zach Wilson, I didn't see the most exotic defenses. They're all going to have uh, growing pains. There's, they all have are stronger in little areas, but have plenty of work to do in other areas. You cannot even take into consideration for even a millisecond Oh, well, we think this guy will be better as a rookie, so let's take him. No, you got to go with the guy you think is going to be better long term because this is, you're not just drafting him for this next year. You're drafting him for 10, 15, <clears throat> Tom Brady like goals of maybe 20 years.
0: That's going to wrap up part two of the mailbag. Thanks to Chris for joining me as always. Make sure you're reading his very big deal work over at jetsinsider.com and following him on Twitter at CNimbly and at Jets Insider, and remember, tomorrow, big day, a lot happening, March 1st, going to be a big announcement, and I think you're really going to like the show on Monday, very special guest, so make sure that you tattoo that on your forehead, write it down, put it in your computer, put it in your phone, whatever it is you need to do to make sure that you don't forget that March 1st. Is going to be a day that you want to pay attention to. Go ahead and do that. You won't be sorry. Trust me. I think you're really going to like what we have in store for you. And if you like what we have in store for you on this show on a regular basis, if you could go ahead and give us a five-star review on iTunes, we'd really appreciate it. Easy way to help out the show if you like what we're doing. Doesn't take you much time. Doesn't cost you any money, but it goes a long way to help us out. So if you could go ahead and do that for us, we'd be quite grateful. And for the latest and greatest in New York Jets podcasts, you know where to go. That's Turn On The Jets Digital and TurnOnTheJets.com.
2: Their advanced eye care duo brightens, awakens, and firms the skin around your eyes, while the golden glow body trio nourishes and smooths the skin all over. Both sets are packaged in giftable boxes. They're so beautiful you can skip the wrapping. And the best part? For a limited time, you can save up to $46 on Osea's sets. Plus, get free shipping. That's Mother's Day made easy. This Mother's Day, get 10% off your first order site-wide with code MOM at OseaMalibu.com. Go to OseaMalibu.com and use code MOM for 10% off site-wide.